This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hello, everyone. It's Christoph Trapp. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. And today I'm joined by Joe Miller, best-selling author on Amazon with her new book, Woman of Influence, the nine steps to build your brand, establish your legacy, and thrive. Joe, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have another conversation with you, Christoph. So that um, book title is kind of long, and I um, and I don't know if you saw the study, but but book titles are getting longer and longer, and that's expected because then they rank in search, right? Did you know that? I did not. That's I love that. What a what a great place to start. I, I see these terrific book titles that are just one word. I didn't quite achieve that conciseness with mine, but I, I think the taglines are getting really descriptive and I yep. like it. Yeah, they're getting longer and longer so people can find them. So first of all, congratulations. Number one um on Amazon. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. And and to be clear, so my chosen category mm-hmm. was the women in business category. And so, yeah, so such an exciting, um, really a, a win to have to have it sitting in the number one spot on the hot new releases list in, in that category. Number one is number one. That's awesome. And is it's your it's your <laughs> it's your first book or. That's very interesting. You know what? Up until about my book deadline for the manuscript, I was referring to it as my first book. Then I overshot the deadline by a little, and it was such a stressful, stressful time. I'm, I'm kind of calling it the book now, as opposed to the first book. <laughs> the book. Well, anyway, we all we all know uh, writing books actually helps, and and it's uh, more and more people are doing it. Of course, my third book here is coming out uh, next month content performance culture. So yesterday we had uh, Amar Prasada on the show, and he is the chief marketing officer at Scampler. Um, they're based in, in Germany. And he talked, you know, if you listen to the show, you heard him talk about how do you reposition your brand in, in 2020? Uh, how do you plan? How do you have a strategy? So your, um, your topic is really timely, and it really fits in with what he talked about. He focused more on the companies, uh, but you're talking about in your book, uh, personal branding, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And in fact, it, it started out as a, a personal branding book. And as I added nine chapters and 62 and a half thousand words, of course, it's so much more. But I think the central premise is that, of course, uh, it, you know, as as we all know, we all already have a personal brand. But for most people, it's built by default. And really, if you want to own the trajectory of your career or, or own the future of your business, you really need to build your brand by design, not by default. Yep, that is a very, a very good quote. Uh, build it by design and not by default. I'm, I'm tweeting that when we're done here. Uh, what? Uh, so, what's the definition of a personal brand, anyways? Let's start there. You know, and I've heard some great ones, but the one that sticks in my mind is it's how people 
refer to you when you're not in the room, right? Your reputation precedes you and, and major decisions about your career or your business and your future will be made when you're not in the room. You know, promotions will be handed out. New assignments will be handed out. Um, companies that you do business with will decide to, uh, you know, to, to purchase your services or to discontinue your services. And all of those decisions are made um, behind closed doors when you're not in the room. And so a personal brand is a way of, of seizing that narrative, of controlling the, the story um, so that you're steering those opportunities towards the best possible outcomes for yourself. So what, uh, how do you start building your brand? And I mean, first of all, should everybody build their brand? Or, I mean, everybody, does everybody have a brand? Yeah, of course, everyone has a brand. You know, we, we all are perceived a certain way by the people that we know and, and work with. Um, you know, they've had a chance to form their own impressions and opinions and judgments about who you are and what you're good at. And, you know, of course, what you're not good mm-hmm. at as well. Um, and, and so we all have a certain perception out there. And I think that the first step is to is to grasp what that perception is. Um, you know, maybe ask some people, what's my personal brand at work? Um, one of the one of the people that I um, describe in the book sent text messages to six colleagues and just said, "Reply with three words you use to describe me." And Christoph, not even everyone replied to her, but the feedback she got was so consistent and so clear that she got a really good understanding of, of kind of the baseline brand, the perception that was out there in the world. And she was able then to steer it and tweak it just a little so that she could maneuver into the ideal role and career path for, for herself. So brand, as you said, brand is really about perception a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we underestimate the the impact that it can have on, on our future. Um, so one of the, the great pieces of research that I dug up when I was, um, you know, reading and researching for the book is a, a study, um, a report called Visible Experts by the Hinge Marketing Firm. And they found that people who actively cultivate a brand as a thought leader <coughs> earn many multiples in in fees compared to their colleagues who don't mm-hmm. very interesting so how so what are the steps can you give us a high level overview how, how people uh can get started and then what should they do yeah yeah absolutely and I, I think um as i mentioned a moment ago i think one of the first steps to do is just get a baseline yep. get a pulse for how you're currently perceived and and how people think of you and how they describe you by maybe asking a mentor what's my brand ask colleagues people that know you well give you give you honest feedback or uh, you know set up a little survey monkey poll or something like that and ask for either a few key descriptors um, or, you know, what's my brand? I think uh, people are familiar enough with that concept. Um, and then having done that, the steps that the book will, will take readers through are firstly to, you know, to understand your, your leadership strengths. So, um, you know, what are you great at? What are your core talents? Um, but then start to understand what's your superpower, you know, what's your niche. Um, and I describe that as the coming together of the strengths that you bring um, plus 
the, the things that you're really passionate about in your career, but also what does your company or customer or industry really need from you? And, and so it's a bit of a process to step through to get to that core niche, that core value proposition. But once you know what that is, that's what to build a brand around. Um, and, and then one of the, the other concepts I'm really passionate about is this idea that, you know, most of us have a personal brand. But it's not necessarily a leadership brand. And, and so um, once you know what your strengths are, once you've identified that core value proposition or, or niche, I encourage people then to, to sort of up-level it. Think about what you want to be known for next and come up with a brand statement that, that concisely expresses that. And, and once you've done all that pre-work, that foundational work, then it's time to raise your hand for the types of roles or opportunities or assignments that express that brand so you then have some key accomplishments to promote uh, in the world. So there, there you have it. <laughs> Those are the first five or six steps. In the <laughs> sounds simple enough. It's always sounds simpler than it is to do, of course. Um, <laughs> exactly. So the, the um, internal, let's call it an internal survey. That's a really interesting idea. I haven't done that in, in probably years. I probably should do that at some point. Um, how about, so one thing I like to do is after I'm done with a project, I literally go back to all the people that were involved in the project and I ask them to recommend me on LinkedIn, right? And some people do and some people don't. Uh, but that's another way to see what people are willing, because that's very public, right? Um, what people are willing to say about you. I mean, is that a reflection of your, your brand perception or how do you feel about that strategy? Yeah, I, I love that. And, and one of the great things about that is over time, and if you do it consistently, and Christoph, it sounds like you're quite masterful at, at, at being consistent in doing that, um, you can start to look for the common trends or the common themes or the words that repeat themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a key to understanding the brand that you already have. I, I think what's also interesting, ha have you ever done this, Christoph, where you go to the people that didn't recommend you? <laughs> and, and, and maybe dig a little for why because there might be some um you know some hidden perceptions there that you know that you might want to grasp or they they could hold you back that, you know what i haven't done that and um i have to, there is a way to go back in and actually um find uh, see who hasn't recommended you so i have to do that um because you know you go through the list and you just ask everybody right that you think may recommend you um, and like, it's not like you pick them. I mean, you are and you aren't, right? Um, so that's a really good idea. I should, I should really consider doing that. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder how many people will even get back to me. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, people, people aren't usually comfortable giving really raw, honest feedback. Um, but goodness, I, I mean, if, imagine if we could all understand kind of the downside or the dark side of our brand, how much more effective we could be. <laughs> so the, so uh, a couple more follow-up questions here. So one is uh, I have actually taken the PI index, right? So that's uh, the predictive index. And it, it tells you what you, who you are, how you do work and blah, blah, blah. And it tells you your, uh, they call it blind spots. They're really weaknesses. They're just being kind about it. Um, but that also, I mean, have you thought about something like that? People taking the test to see uh, what they're like. And that doesn't mean that I can't excel at my blind spots, right? It just means I have to manage them and now I know them. 
Um, yeah, I, I love that. And I think, it, you know, to the extent that you have access to any of those, you know, behavioral inventories or assessments, it can be really useful for understanding, of course, what your strengths are. Um, but then, you know, what, one of the women that I, one of the leaders I interviewed in my book called um, Weaknesses Unstrengths, oh. <laughs> this idea that the more you can become aware of those weaknesses <clears throat> or blind spots or unstrengths, um, <clears throat> maybe fix them to the extent that they're not derailing you dramatically. But I think the key here is to to partner with people whose strengths are complementary to your weaknesses, um, you know, to become so comfortable in your strengths that you have no hesitation about being open and honest about your weaknesses so that you can form partnerships and collaborations with people whose weaknesses shore up yours. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, uh, you're still based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, correct? That's right. So that's, yep. I mean, I'm in Marion, Iowa, so we're not too far from each other. And you have built, I mean, you've built a global brand yourself, right? And I can just say it like that. Um, and sometimes I hear people say, well, you have to be in New York City to build a brand or L.A. or you name it, right? Any city except here. But uh, what, what's your opinion? What's your uh, guidance you have for people who want to build a brand uh, and they live in Cody, Wyoming or, you know what I mean, wherever? pick a city other than the big ones <laughs> well you know we live in a globally connected world and and i don't see any downside as long as you've got a great internet connection right. <laughs> as you know, sometimes a little hard to find but getting easier and easier um you can absolutely put your thought leadership out in the world you i mean i have connections that i've met through twitter and linkedin that are in london and dubai and new zealand you can build a, a global network and a global thought leadership platform from anywhere in, in the world right now. Um, plus, as you know, uh, you know, living in a lower cost area, you, you have a, a, a beautiful home to go home to back to in a, in a, in a yard with trees <laughs> rather than, uh, you know, being in a, a crazy large city. So really, I, I think you can, you know, you can build your platform from really anywhere you want to be in the world these days. And how do you, how do you, um, connect the two so every once in a while i have somebody uh, you know i don't know maybe not every once in a while but i've had people say to me before um well you have a persona to maintain online and i'm like well that that is me for the most part i mean i don't tell you all the bad stuff but um do you know what i mean but i am like i do care about those things how do you connect those two online and offline as you're building your brand how um what, what kind of tips do you have um, you know, it's interesting that, that people say you, you know, you have a certain persona online. <coughs> and if that's not truly authentically who you are, it becomes really hard work to maintain uh -huh. it. So I think, um, you know, taking the inside out approach, starting from the core of who you are inside and understanding, um, you know, what you bring to the table, your strengths, your, your passions, the, you know, the strong opinions that you have, um, and get those out in the world, it, it just becomes this natural, uh, you know, you show up and you speak up and you be who you are rather than having to craft and maintain a persona. Um, it, you know, it, you don't have to twist yourself into a pretzel to be something every day that's not really you. So, you know, don't be a professional pretzel. <laughs> Start from um, who you authentically are and and just get out in the world and, and share what you know. Yep. So you do have to, you do want to align it to to really what you care about, right? So if I don't care about um, 
I mean, what's I don't even I don't even know what topic to pick without getting in trouble. But if I don't care, I mean, just to use Chuck Peters as examples here, he's the the former um, CEO of a media company. Uh, if you don't care about red lollipops, um, don't write about red lollipops twenty four seven. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I certainly don't care about red <laughs> lollipops much. But you know, there's other I'd... stuff. Like I was contacted by um, a magazine in London to do, uh, you know, uh, like a like a you know New Year, New You, January um, article in their magazine, and I struggled to answer their questions because it's just it's not <clears throat> something that I knew a lot about. I wasn't passionate about it. And and so I kind of stepped away from, you know, what would potentially have been a quite, quite a cool, a cool little media, a piece of media exposure. Cause I just, I couldn't prepare <clears throat> enough to answer it from the heart and answer it thoughtfully and, and usefully. So, you, you know, what, what's interesting about that, that is very true. I, when I was a newspaper reporter, I interviewed a lot of people in prison, right. And in, in jail and uh, including the last Iowan, that has been sentenced to death. And so that article gets all kinds of hits all the time, right? Because it's on TV and whatnot. And so this TV producer reached out the other day and uh, said, we're doing a documentary on this Chris Murray guy. And, you, and I'm like, okay, who? I don't even know who that is. And they said, well, you interviewed him in jail. And I said, okay, about what? So you can see where this is going, right? I, don't, I didn't even remember. <laughs> and so then I, I, I emailed the paper and I said, can you send me this article and can I republish it if I wanted to? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. Here it is. And I, I read it and I, it sounds bad, right? The guy killed some killed a woman. But I don't remember the interview, <laughs> you know. So guess what? I can't go on national TV talking about an interview I don't remember. <laughs> That's a great example. It's a really potent example because it is something um, to care deeply about. And I think, Christoph, to bring it back to... Um, you know, our conversation about authenticity and, and getting your, your voice and your strong opinions out in the world. Um, you know, the more you know who you are and what you stand for and what you care deeply about, the more you can um, diplomatically turn down those types of opportunities, but refer them to someone who does care deeply um, about, you know, that example, the last Iowa and the death penalty, etc. Um, you know, so when we take this collaboration approach, we, you know, we all can be experts, but we can also lift up others and, and help them build their brand and be experts too. Yep. Very, very interesting. Um, so some, so you and I were pretty public. We do webinars. I mean, we did one, I don't know when, a year ago together. Uh, we speak, you know, I mean, I'm this year I'm heading to Madrid, Istanbul, where else? Hamburg. Um, so I got, a, I got a whole list of places already lined up. Uh, you know, I write books. So do you. Um, how about the people who can't? I mean, there are people out there who can do some of those public things, right? Public branding on the web. I I would disagree. You know, I, I think it's interesting. My, my dad said to me when I was about 15 years old, if you can write well and you can speak well, people will almost automatically see you as an expert. And as you can see, that's one of the, yep. the times that I listened to my dad <laughs> kind of build a career around that. But, but we live in an age now 
where you don't need to be the writer or the speaker if that's not your thing. There are so many channels via which we can share our expertise. So I think everyone just needs to find the one that works for them. So think about where you're drawn. If you're the person writing the sassy, you know, Facebook or Twitter updates, or, you know, you're the one that loves to go into, um, you know, online portals and, and give people advice um you know look for where you're drawn and the channels via which you're getting your message out in the world everyone has their channel i, I believe you, you just want to pick the one that comes easily to you so it's not a chore and so that's a that's a very good point so podcast uh, so if you want to go back uh, i think it was mid-december early december roughly max branstetter talks about on the show how do you start your own podcast and joe didn't you and i we recorded a podcast many years ago I think, and I had to, I came to your office and we had to sit there with a phone, right? Was that not, is that so? Yeah, it was probably four or five years ago and and it was a great conversation. And we talked about just this. We talked about choosing your channel to get your message out into the world. But we also talked about um, how it's okay to repurpose your core ideas and content, even though you get sick of saying the same thing again and again, um, there's such value to getting your message out in the world via these different channels and, and repurposing. Absolutely. And so um, w- one thing, though, that, you know, that was still, even though the, the production had gotten easier, right, it was still kind of a production. Um, so in today, I know I keep saying this on shows over and over, I mean, we're recording directly in the Anchor app. I'm editing in the Anchor app. I add music in the Anchor app. Uh, it's just things are getting easier and easier for you to produce content. And, and certainly there's other things, live video, live audio is another thing that I like to use on uh, Periscope.tv, which is uh, Twitter, really. Uh, but yeah, pick your channel. So, but one question on um, the uh, potential disagreement. Uh, are there... But there are some jobs, right, where people can't publicly build their brand. Or are there? I mean, is there always a way for employees to publicly share their knowledge? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, when you said that, the the one that came immediately to mind is um, nurses and healthcare workers. And there are such restrictions, rightly so, on the stories that they can tell uh, about the situations and the patients they encounter day to day, because, you know, you don't want your your visit to the doctor or the hospital to be tweeted for the world to see or your story shared and your name named on a podcast. Um, However, in, in my research and having talked to so many employees who struggle with this, there was one core strategy um, that just kept coming up again and again and again because it's it's such a natural way for people to get their brand out in the world, but it's also incredibly valued. And that's just to teach what you know to others, um, you know, to find some way of sharing your expertise and your knowledge and educating. Um, yes, you're, you're sharing what you know, you're sharing your accomplishments, but you're really being a value and a service to people. And I think just about anyone, no matter what role, or industry you're in, you could find a way to, you know, to be that educator, to share what you know. People are so hungry for knowledge. They are. And that is uh, another thing we just recently talked about is make sure you share knowledge. Don't just, it can't just be uh, the knowledge you share. The only solution to solving the problem is to hire you. 
That is not good brand lead, uh, brand thought leadership. Yeah, there's probably an ideal ratio of humble brag to knowledge share. <laughs> right. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> right. No, I think you can. I think you can. I think you can brag a little bit, right? And and pitch things or or you know like we brought up things in here that are uh within context right so i brought up my third book within context we were talking about your book i didn't just say the only way for you to have a content performance culture is to buy my book right but i see i think there's a trend more and more people are are kind of talking like that online so uh if people really can share their knowledge it's it is a definite um differentiator yeah. And, and, you know, those achievements matter. And Christoph, your third book, that is amazing. And congratulations. And also it's so much work. So of course you earned the right to, you know, to, to share your achievements, your, your high points, your, your wins. Um, but I, I think you're absolutely right that, um, you know, you truly position yourself as that expert and thought leader out in the world by, you know, by helping people, by sharing what you know. So um, thank you, first of all. Um, and can everybody be a thought leader? I mean, what's, is that possible? <laughs> Ooh, that's so, so interesting. You know what, I, I might pivot the question, mm-hmm. if I may, a, a little, because uh, a more common question I get probably because I'm going into organizations and, and, you know, doing trainings and workshops with people that want to advance in their corporate career. The very common question I get is, can anyone be a people leader? And I think the answer to that is not everyone should be, (laughs) not everyone can be, but it's okay. We've sort of been trained to think that there's really only one type of leader and there's not in, in my research of, of um, looking through 400 personal brands, I was able to narrow them down to five different categories of which people leader is one. Thought leader is another, the expert that's, that's sharing their knowledge and, and being at the cutting edge in their field of expertise. So people leader and thought leader are, are certainly two, but there are also change leaders and service leaders and results leader. And, and so I think your question is, can anyone be a thought leader? I would say, you know, perhaps, but you also want to start by understanding the core leadership type um, and, and, you know, delving more deeply into expressing that, that type that really fits your style and your motivations. And I, I guess it also depends on, um, I mean, there's different types of thought leaders, right? I mean, I was reading my first book again the other day and I was like, this is way too idealistic, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> In a perfect world, yes, that's going to happen. But um, so, I mean, there's different types of thought leaders, right? Like the more realistic ones, maybe the ones that are really just dreaming about the future, which is fine, too. And, and, and then, of course, there's many different um, uh, sub areas in the middle. Yeah. And then, you know, we all have a style that we can bring to it. I have someone that I would, would call my coopetition. She's an incredible thought leader very similar field to me, but we both go about what we do very differently. Her style is to, uh, you know, go out and interview class leaders, household names, and I'd be like, oh, kill me now if I have to speak to a famous person, but I want to talk to the unsung leader in an organisation that's the best-kept secret. Um, You know, she comes across as, like, just so sincere where, 
I don't know. I, I hope I come across as maybe a little sassy and irrelevant. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we, we all can bring our personal style to, to our thought leadership as well. Absolutely. Great. Fantastic info, Joe. What, what else? Did we miss anything that we, uh, we want to share? You know, I'll I'll come back to um, the study that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. because it's such a great one, such an eye opener for me. And one of the things that 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 just really grabbed me when I was researching for the book, and it's that um, you don't have to be brilliant or lucky to stake your claim to professional fame. You can build a platform. You can get uh, your content and your thought leadership out in the world, um, not by being brilliant or lucky, but really what it takes is being focused and, and feisty and just sticking with it. Being focused, being feisty and sticking with it. I, I love it. Great. Um, thanks for joining us, Joe. I, I talked to Joe Miller, uh, the best-selling author on Amazon, a Woman of Influence. You can check the book out there. Obviously, you can go to Amazon and search for it. There's also a link in the show notes that is an affiliate link, FYI. Joe did not pay to be on the show. I invited her as an editorial guest, but you can also just click that link to, um, to get the book. Joe, thanks for joining us. Very enlightening. Always nice catching up with you. It's always a great conversation every time we speak. Thanks, Christoph. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.